Hello, and welcome to this very spooky episode of the Autos and Airways podcast. I am your host, Alex Shum. I currently look very stupid right now for those that are to be watching this on YouTube. I'm dressed up as a mummy, and I look halfway between a mummy and a terrorist. I'm covered in toilet paper and um, you know medical tape, and I look really stupid. The glasses don't help either, but we will soldier on. It is the Halloween special. We are joined by my friend Brian, also known as Vroom Vroom Brian on Instagram and YouTube, a fellow car enthusiast all the way from beautiful, sunny California. So Brian, thank you so much for coming on. I'm looking forward to talking about automotive topics with you. Thank you so much. Um, really, enjoy, really enjoy listening to some of your past podcasts and I'm really glad that I'm here today to um, be one of your guests. Yeah, you're very welcome. I'm glad we could work this out. So uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself first uh, before we get into the cars and bids segment? Sure. So ever since when I was um, a child, I really love cars. Um, I kind of find cars as a way to show a person's characteristic and also the culture and just in generally art. Um, from the sound, technology, just even the looks, I, I find cars a thing that is pretty cool to look at. Um, especially when cars is a very necessary need for our daily needs. And especially within the last five years where car technologies kind of like really improved, um, that's kind of when I feel like cars is a really, really important thing for the modern world. Um, and kind of like growing up in Southern California, like the car culture is really, really diverse from tuners, classic and exotics, Obviously, the Fast and the Furious is kind of based out of Southern California. Right. And so I really, really enjoy um, kind of like embracing it and learning about the car culture. Um, kind of like within the next, uh, I think fast forwarding to 2019, I started my first YouTube channel, the YouTube channel, oh, the Vroom Vroom Brian. And I reviewed the Tesla Model S. Um, loved that, loved it. Um, really enjoy having the time to um, test drive it. Um, but I kind of want to do something a bit more. So I expanded now to do some more of the analytical stuff for modern slash car enthusiasts. And especially right now when COVID has an interesting car market, I therefore decided to um, kind of like stick with my materials to be more on the day-to-day um, analytical stuff. Yeah, and that's what I like about your stuff. I, I mean, I suck at math, but I'm a numbers guy. I really like analytics. And just I just like learn, I love, you know, researching the auto industry to be in all the new cars and stuff coming out and i think you do a really good job on your channel with that um you know talking about the car markets you know stuff that's coming out um stuff that came out in the past you do you have a really good variety of stuff so mm -hmm. um yeah and especially living out in la uh the car culture there is is insane i mean it's just like it is on the on you know on movies and television um it uh, it really is such a diverse um just it, it, the diversity in, in, in the car culture there is honestly insane. It, it really is. Uh, of course, mm -hmm. that being a big city and also a city with a lot of money. So you have everything from, you know, like little shit boxes all the way up to, you know, Ferraris, Lamborghinis, Bentleys, Bugattis, you know, you name it. Um, and a Range Rover on every street corner of every block in a <laughs> 30 mile radius. Um, but yeah, so uh, that's great. Um, you know, we can find you on YouTube and Instagram. And so with that, let's uh, move on to the uh, cars and bids segment. So 
you can go first. Sure. And let so, me pull this up real quick. Here we go. Sure. So, yeah, this is the car that I chose, um, which is a 2002 Porsche 911 Turbo, the 996 model. And I chose this car for uh, three reasons. Uh, the first thing is this is one of the best buys to buy on the market today. Um, I've talked a lot about um, this car, the Turbo, plus also the regular one on my YouTube a lot. And in addition to that, this is kind of one of the best ways to kind of own a modern Porsche, um, especially if you're kind of like into kind of like start kind of like one of the first Porsches if you want to kind of like getting into or just kind of like a modern classic that you just want to um, have that is appreciated. Um, definitely, I know it's not as great as the new 992, but compared to like the um, 964s, the 930s, the 993s, uh, this is such a way better buy. Um, it's a lot faster. It's more comfortable. Um, you know, the performance is, especially for the turbo, is absolutely insane. Um, it's very underrated and kind of for the value for the money, it seems more reasonable than if you kind of buy like a 930 turbo or 964 turbo. Um, with this car, when it had zero to 60 around four seconds with a top speed of 190 miles per hour, which is still insane by modern standards. Yeah. And in addition to that, this car have kind of like hit its low point right now. Um, the prices already kind of like started to rise up a little bit, but, um, but kind of like, and but it's kind of like starting to be that point where the prices started to kind of like shift and go, kind of could potentially go up. Yeah, and I guess yeah, it is. And I guess I mean, kind of they are starting to go up, and I know the whole reason why the nine nine six was always the cheaper one is because no one liked the way it looks. It had you know the fried egg headlights. Um, yeah. You know, I I mean I don't mind them that much. I think yeah, I think it's. It is the ugliest 911 in my opinion, but it's still a 911. It's still a wonderful car. And these ones with the turbos are reliable. It's got the Metzger engine, but they don't have the IMS bearing issues um, mm -hmm. that the naturally aspirated cars, you know, are known for. And but I know with the NA cars, if you get the IMS bearing fixed or if you get it replaced before it goes bad, then it won't be an issue. And the Metzger engine is known for its its reputation for, for quality and reliability. And it's it's just a it's a very good engine. Um, and you know, 996 chassis was great. It was the first water cooled 911. Um, it's it uh, it kind of brought the 911 into the modern era. And I know mm -hmm. when it came out, a lot of people were upset. But um, you know, 20 years later, it's um. It's 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 changed. People's opinions have changed, and it is. Yeah, you know, it, it's been. You know, prices are going up, and yeah, and this one's a lovely example. I mean, I'm not too keen on the aftermarket wheels, but I love seal gray is one of my favorite Porsche colors of all time. The gray interior is really nice as well, and it's just overall a pretty solid car, relatively low miles. Um, yeah. Yeah, and kind of like speaking about like Halloween, this car actually this not this car actually kind of um, haunted me uh, in a way, kind of since where there were some nine nine six turbos or just even the regular ones around, kind of like where I lived uh, for sales or previously for sale, and some of these are just like 
I would like obviously this is more of a pristine condition, but like even the ones that I find in my local market, they're selling like around like $35,000, $40,000, even though they're a little bit high mileage. But uh-huh. hey, for 40 grand, I mean, you still buy a great supercar for that price too. And if you really want to go just kind of back to the like, you know, the regular Correa, like 20,000, maybe under 30,000, still a great solid car. Yeah. Yeah, and this one sold for uh, fifty-two-five, pretty mm-hmm. pretty good, um, pretty good price. Uh, but yeah, it's um, so. Oh my god, I look I look so incredible. Oh my god, my I I cannot I cannot look at myself anymore. I look so <laughs> so fucking stupid right now. But it's Halloween. You gotta you gotta just kind of go with it. You gotta go with it. This is not staying on the whole time. Like well. No, it's not. Um, but yeah, 911 is great. Uh, the 996 really, in some people's opinions, this as long as, uh, as well as the 997 were the last like truly like kind of analog Porsches before they all went very electronic. Uh, the 997 was the last one with hydraulic power steering before they went to E-Pass and the 991, which just sucked. And the 991, and then they did a 991.2, and it improved a lot. Still wasn't perfect, but improved a lot. And then now 992 steering is amazing. Um, There's also pre-PDK as well, which is interesting. Uh, One of my best friends used to have a 997 Turbo Tiptronic. Oh, nice. That that was an interesting car. It was great, but that transmission sucked. Um, It just, it was a five-speed. It was ratios were too long it, it just was not it was not right it was pre-pdk uh i would not get any first of all i would not get any 911 with a pdk but or any 911 with an automatic but if i was forced to it would have to be a pdk car because i'm not i don't like the yes. electronics they just they just weren't they just weren't very good um yeah go ahead yeah, especially kind of like I think especially the early 996. It's like in this case, I mean, this is a little earlier, a little later, but like uh-huh. especially like back in 1999 when they introduced the um, I think the Tiptronic, that was kind of like they were like if it was maintained okay, then it should be fine. But it's compared to the manual. I mean, the manual is more of a it was just a better car to maintain, especially kind of like this was kind of one of the first times when Porsche introduced like a brand new automatic system uh-huh. um, to like just the 911 or just even the Porsche line in general. Right, right. Yeah, I think I mean, it's a solid car. It, it really is. Um, 996 does have a special spot in Porsche history, even though it might not be the brightest spot in Porsche history, it still represents the 911 coming into like the modern era. Um, absolutely it, it's in for that reason it's um i think it's one of the most special um generations of 911 um mm-hmm. so i guess moving on we'll go to my car which i chose a car i was surprised to find out is local to me it's for sale it's it's for on auction here in cars and bids here in cincinnati ohio where i live it's a 2007 Pontiac Solstice GXP. So this is the performance version of the Solstice. It's powered by a, a two-liter turbocharged LNF Ecotec uh, four-cylinder engine. Makes 260 horsepower. 
and 260 pound-feet of torque, same number. Uh, and for my metric system friends, it's 353 newton meters of torque. Um, what was cool about the GXPs, it was like their performance, it was the performance version of the Solstice. The standard one had like a, I think it was like a 2.3 or a 2.5 liter um, naturally aspirated four-cylinder. It wasn't very fast. Um, the, the, G, the GXP was the performance one. It got the turbo, uh, got different suspension tuning, so it was stiffer. Uh, it has a mechanical limited slip rear differential. Um, what's cool about these, it's soft top, not power operated. It was a manual soft top. And the GXP also had uh, 18 inch wheels. It was really cool about this one is that it has almost 223,000 miles on it. Uh, it has had an wow. engine replacement. And this one is the five-speed manual. But yeah, I mean, 222,700 miles. And yeah, I mean, they, this platform, these uh, little sports cars that came out of, this is probably the best thing ever to come out of mid-2000s GM, um, mm -hmm. was the Solstice and then the Saturn Sky, which was the Saturn version of, of this car. It was a little bit cheaper. I think it looked better. Um, and then they had the Opal GT, which would look the exact same as a Saturn with an Opal badge on it. They were all built in here in the U.S., um, and they were, they were exported to Europe and they were, uh, it was a good little car, especially with this, um, the, the, uh, LNF, uh, Ecotech engine. It's a really good engine There's some turbo lag to be expected, but not as much as you would expect. And certainly not as much as you would expect from a car from this era, but yeah, this one has seen better days, but for something with, you know, almost 223,000 miles, it's in pretty good shape. I mean, the seat, the driver's seat is horrendous, but the rest of yep. it is actually pretty clean. I mean, the passenger seat's really nice. Um, yeah, I mean, it's amazing that that thing. Oh my god! Hey, hang on, that's Alt Park. I know exactly where that is. They have a concourse every year. These pictures are nice. taken at Alt Park. It's just like it's like oh yeah, I know exactly where this where this where this place is. Um, but yeah yeah it's yeah uh, it's an interesting car it is an interesting car and uh they're 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 really fun to drive they are i have driven i've not driven a gxp i have driven a sky red line which is the exact same one as this but the interior was horrendously cheap of course coming from mid-2000s gm uh you know the bean counters you know had their say um but other than that it was a really really good little car rear-wheel drive fun fun car so mm -hmm. uh with that i guess do you want to move on to um you want to talk about z06 and then we'll go into uh into the um the halloween special part of the thing or do you want to do the halloween stuff first i'll leave that up to you um i'm okay to do either one we can do the um let's Corvette. do that all right or yeah. or do you want to do the halloween let's, you know, let's, let's just do the halloween stuff first okay yeah. Oh, before we move on, I definitely would want to say one thing about the Pontiac. Go ahead. Um, like, I remember, like, um, when this car came out, I remember in middle, this is like when I was back in like grade school, like in uh -huh. grade school or middle school. Um, I remember this car was kind of like the car they want to try to GM's answer to the MX5. Yeah. That's exactly and, what it was. Um, and basically, I think 
it was obviously it's still you know people still like the mx5 because of the brand name and you know obviously the mx5 is just such a like legendary jd mazda car or just even a legendary car in the roadster world but i definitely would say this is a, one of the strongest contenders that could take down or even maybe be better than the mx5 um you know obviously the interior you mentioned isn't that great but i mean like in terms of like transmission uh, mechanical engine, all like all these other stuff. Yeah, I mean, this is a fairly reliable. I mean, it's very simple, very yeah. easy to maintain. Um, I disagree with you on the that. transmission. Uh, it was okay. It wasn't. It was not great. It didn't completely suck, but it was not. It was. It was just bad, kind of yeah. a in at your average five speed at the time. But mm-hmm. then the MX Five at that time had a. Yeah, that was six speed back then, right? I think it. I think it had a six speed. I think the yeah. NC had it already. Yeah, the NC had a six speed. I know. I know it did like later in its life cycle. And I, I know the NC came out in like 05. I think. It, I think. Yeah. yeah. I think that always had a six speed. Or maybe, yeah. maybe like the base model had a five think, speed, and then the, all yeah. the other ones had a six. I can't remember. It's been so long since I've like looked into that car. But yeah, so um. Let's, uh, you know, let's move on now to the Halloween special. So, yeah, happy Halloween. This is what I'm doing to celebrate Halloween. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, stopped, I stopped trick-or-treating when I was eight years old. And I've, every Halloween party I've been to, I just wore, like, one of those headbands with, like, that has, like, the machete. So it looks like someone, like, <laughs> cut your head. Like, that's, like, that was my Halloween party costume. It, I, I just, I just, you know. Then this year, I was like, okay, you know, I, I had this party that I was supposed to go to, and I was like, hmm, what do I do? I dress up as Eggsy from the Kingsman movies because these glasses are the actual glasses from the movie. This is not like, oh, wow. these are the glasses. Um, <laughs> uh, and it's a good movie. Um, it's not extreme. You know, people know what it is, but it's not like, it's not like if you go up to some random person, like, oh, have you seen the Kingsman movie? It's like, it's, it's, it's probably like a 50-50 chance. Because um, they were popular here, but they weren't huge. And then the other thing was Bond. You know, No Time to Die just came out. Great movie if you haven't seen it. Um, and yeah, I, uh, I couldn't decide. I was like, Bond is really hot right now, but I have the Kingsman glasses. Bond is really hot right now, and I drive a Defender, even though it's the villain's car. Uh, but I have the Kingsman glasses, and I could pull that off really well. Ultimately, I went with Bond, so that's what I'm dressing up for to this party tonight that uh, ended up getting canceled, but now I'm hosting a party. So it all worked out in the end, and now I'm dressed like a mummy for this, and I look incredibly fucking stupid. I mean... <laughs> I, like I said, I look halfway between a terrorist and a mummy and a, I don't know, a corpse or whatever. I don't know. I just look incredibly, this is the most like ghetto looking mummy costume I've ever seen. I just look ridiculous. <laughs> oh, for fuck's sake. I can't, I can't take this anymore. I can't do this, but let's, uh, happy Halloween, eat your candy and let's, um, let's move into the, uh, ugly cars. So I'm going to, we'll do this, like I'll start off with one and then you'll do the next one and then I'll 
do one and then blah, blah, sure. blah. So what I chose for my first one is this, the Sangyong Rodius. How ugly is this thing? I know it was supposed to be inspired by like a yacht. Um, yeah, no, that thing is appalling. I mean, that looks like something a nun would drive to carry around orphan children in. Like, you know, that's like the official car of an orphanage. That thing is hideous. Whoever designed that needs an eye exam. Yeah, that's for sure. That, this is bad. a car I yeah, this is a car that I also chose. One of the ugliest cars. I mean, the second one, technically, the one uh, is a little better. But I mean, for God's sake, this is just a car that you better. It's better to take a public transport than, uh, <laughs> or take an Uber, basically, than actually. Yeah, this is like the definition of an Uber. I mean, it wasn't sold here, but like, well, actually, oh, no, God, it wasn't sold here. No, actually, no, no. It, it, what I mean, definition of an Uber, it, it. If someone was Ubering this, no one would want to get in it. It's so bad. It's so bad. It is so, oh my God. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what these people were thinking. Mm -hmm. Sangong's Korean. It's like the only, it's like the smallest automaker out of Korea. Mm -hmm. And like, yep. They don't sell stuff here and they shouldn't because no, no one's going to buy it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think I would rather be, you know, speaking of ancient Egypt, I think I'd rather be disemboweled than be seen in one of those. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, this is, I mean, I, I really don't just, this is just looking at me makes me want to vomit. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. It's just a really off, like, I know Vance is not this Porte or like, you know, most people want Vance, but I mean, this is just a, I mean, that really bad man. That deep pillar. Yeah. What the hell is that? Oh my gosh. All right. So you want to go? Um, hold sure. on, real quick, actually. Let me just uh, work something out here. All right. So. Would you uh, you want to talk about uh, your car? You chose your sure. first car that you chose. So the first car that I chose is a Chrysler PT Cruiser. Um, Gotta go with the PT Cruiser. Yeah, I, I mean that's. I don't think oh, there's a, a, not a lot of. I, I yeah, I think this specific trim with the wood panel is probably the worst. Oh, actually, um, I found one worse. Look at this thing. <laughs> yeah okay this person probably has no life of no. making this because i mean like i know it's not like um it, it, first of all it's just not a pretty looking car it's just start convertible just, was bad. it looks yeah, like a and also, yeah yeah it looks like yeah i mean um i remember when i was in um high school one of my one of my teachers um it was like this is kind of like in the mid 2000s and he said hey i want to look into like um pacifica at that side oh, and then yeah, yeah. and then and the deal which is our it's not the prettiest car i would admit but compared to this yeah it looks a one to that but when he went to the chrysler local chrysler deal and say hey uh kind of made a joke saying wait did you do you guys sell hearses around here <laughs> um 
And he's like, say, no, this is just a regular passenger car. It's like, oh, yeah, I thought it was, oh, I thought you were going to like carry somebody's um, corpse inside. But yeah, it's not, this is just not a great car, especially with the wood paneling. This is just a car that ages really poorly. Oh, um, yeah. Like, and I know like in the mid 2000s, this era of cars, like a lot of these American car brands are trying to make more like, um, kind of like they want to bring back like the retro styling like you know from 50s and 60s um but most of these kind of didn't really answer it very well and they just kind of in addition to that the quality they put into it um it was just really laughable compared to like you know a european or japanese car now i have to say when i was a kid i thought this car was incredibly cool and I, it hurt. I mean, I don't know what I was saying. First of all, I was a kid. I always had like little like scale model, like PT Cruiser and stuff. It was so bad. And the reason I know why I liked it is because my uncle had one. My mm-hmm. uncle special ordered one back in 2001 when this came out. And it took him like a year to get it. Cause like he oh, didn't wow. understand, like, why is this taking so long? He flew out to Vegas, Las Vegas. They were all taxis. Like, Every single yep. PT Cruiser was a taxi cab over there. And I'll be honest, he had that thing. He bought it new in 01. His was like, his was a manual because he liked the manual transmission. It had like mm-hmm. everything. It was like the highest trim level you could get with a five-speed. And he drove mm-hmm. that thing. God, he probably got rid of that four years ago now. And when he got rid of it, it had like 320,000 miles on it. And the oh, wow. only reason it lasted that long is because he rebuilt everything on that car. Like yep. he, like, like he rebuilt like the whole, the front suspension. He, I don't, I think he rebuilt some of the transmission. I mean, it, yeah, it was. Yeah. And uh, that's why I thought that car was cool. Cause my uncle had one, but yeah, no, no, thank you. Nowadays. No, thank you. No, granted when it came, it was actually interesting. Because it had like, it was pretty, it was really versatile for a little hatchback. Like it had a lot yeah. of room inside. It was well-priced and it was well-equipped, but it just- and it's pretty out. economical too. Yeah. And, but the thing was like, that thing was made for boomers. Yeah. Like, I don't think. Like, yeah. It's a, it was, it was a bad car. It was a really, really bad car. So um, yeah. I guess uh, moving on. I'll go with my next car, which is the all-new BMW iX. It's BMW's first ever, well, it's actually not their first electric SUV. It's their first electric SUV that they built from the ground up to be electric. Obviously, we do not get the iX3 here in the U.S., but that's obviously a just an X3 with a battery and an electric motor. But my God, what? Oh, dearie me, what do we have here? It's this car, yeah, the front is just, I don't know what the big grill. Um, oh. Like, it's fine with, I'm fine with the big grill, but it just, and more, it's, I think this is just a really strange proportion vehicle. It is, um, yes, the proportions are just way off. It's ugly. I mean, I mean, look at that. Like, I just see that and I see Bucky the Beaver, you know, like. Yeah. I, yeah, like, I total fucking looks like. It's horrible. It's horrible. Even the inside. I hate the way that looks on the inside, too. Now, I'm not the biggest fan of BMW's interior design language. It's very nice. 
but they all look the same. Well, BMWs look the same. Now they're doing something different, and this just is not yeah. right. This yeah, just two-spoke steering wheels for a fad that needs to die. I hate mm-hmm. the two-spoke steering wheel. The new Range Rover now is a two-spoke steering wheel, and it's just it just it just doesn't look right. I I blame the W two twenty two S class for that. And back yeah. in thirteen when that came out, that's who started it. And it's just I mean like even like no, this is kind of interesting like with you know the iDrive control being in like the the wood that's like capacitive touch. That's kind of cool looking, but. Yeah, uh, and from the, it looks better from the back, but it's still not very good looking. Yeah, I I kind of agree with you. The back itself isn't that bad, but I think the biggest thing that real, even like um, the biggest thing that I kind of don't, can't believe about this car, this is an $85,000 car. Yeah. And frankly, I mean, it's a pretty steep price for an electric SUV frankly and if you if i really want to buy an electric suv i think the e-tron the audi e-tron hands down is just such a better looking car yes uh, i know the, i know the kind of interior and technology yeah it's it's good but um but definitely and probably um but yeah compared to this our e-tron any day yeah, um i really way. wish I, I really wish the front end um they get first of all get rid of the small make this grow small that's one thing but it just doesn't feel right just to have a large beaver tooth in in yeah. this car um it's it's, it's really bad it you know the, the electric suv i would take over the i-pace jaguar i-pace is also in this mm-hmm. price category and it's actually now for like 2022 it's cheaper it's a hell of a mm-hmm. lot cheaper and I've driven one of those. I actually was very impressed with the I-Pace. I think it was a, it was a good car. It was sporty, but it was still comfortable. It was, you know, I was very familiar with it, of course, coming from a JLR family. I was very used to the, you know, the one I drove had the old infotainment system. It wasn't Pivi Pro. It was the in-control Touch Pro that was just sh- complete shit. It's the one that I have my discovery. It's, it's bad. Um, but it drove well. It, um, it, was, it was comfortable, but when you put it in dynamic mode, I mean, you know, Jaguar's adaptive damper tuning is really good. It can go from being pretty soft to stiff, you know, with one click of a button. Whereas like Audi, there's like the delta between comfort and sport isn't as much as Jaguar. And it's not as much as, um, you know, Cadillac with uh, uh, Magnaride. Now, Audi uses Magnaride on some of their cars, like the S3 and RS3 and the TTRS all use Magride. All the other ones you have like either adaptive air suspension or uh, fixed springs with uh, a different type of electronically controlled adaptive damper. Um, JLR uses, no, it, JLR does not use Magride. Um, but yeah, it's interesting. Um, but this just is, it's just a no from me. It's yeah, I mean, yeah, the whole BMW i experiment didn't work out for them. They just didn't yeah. work out. They tried to be the they first, and, and it just, the world wasn't ready for them. They were expensive, and they were ugly. The i8 was not ugly, but the i3 was ugly, and this is ugly, and yeah, the they just... I-4. 
they just they just didn't they just weren't ready for it yet and uh i'm sure they learned from it but we'll see we'll see mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah and also i think even another thing i would also want to point out too is like i mean i know bmw is trying to be more futuristic and i get that but especially kind of i think the biggest thing that I kind of looked into this car was um, it, I think it's more, I think about the grill, obviously. And I think, what is it? There's a video, I think, um, I think by, uh, by, I think Doug DeMiro, I think, or like, a, some, and a few other like um, car uh, journalists. And they mentioned saying about like the grill situation and frankly, not, I think he's like, they, took the statistics say oh it's about like two out of five people love the big yeah. grill or three out of five yeah yeah no it was um there was a someone interviewed the head of design for bmw mm -hmm. uh and i think it was regard it was regarding like the four series and the new m3 and m4 and then obviously this someone interviewed him and he was bragging that only 20 percent of the people that they studied liked the design saying like that's a good thing like, no, it's not a good thing. That just means yeah. that people hate it. And you're saying that's a good thing? Like, what's, what the hell is wrong with you? And I know they're trying to be different. BMW has always been very much the same. Um, you know, I know the Bangle, Chris Bangle era of BMW, not a lot of people liked. I actually quite liked them. Like the E65 series, I thought was probably the best looking five series, in my opinion. Um, the later ones, not, not the early ones. But... Uh, yeah, it just um, but this yeah, like it's just like what 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 are they doing? What are they doing? I want I applaud them for doing for doing something different. I do, but this is not the right way to do it. And also, I can't I can't take this anymore. I'm burning up. I'm sweating. I hate this myself. And ugh. fuck this. Uh, I apologize for the noise. God, I look so fucking stupid. Ugh. All right. All right. So uh, let's uh, let's go on to uh, your next your next car while I uh... sure. So the next car is, that I chose is the Daewoo Matei. Um, so Daewoo is another South Korean car brand. Um, primarily, I think they sell in besides South Korea, but mostly in um, Southeast Asia or like in some developing countries too. And this car came out in 1998. Um, had about, it had like a really small one point. Um, actually, uh, the smallest engine they had is not even one liter engine with a three cylinder that zero to 60. Well, about 17 seconds, not the fastest car in the world. And um, what's very interesting is this car, they they sell it besides in South Korea, but just many parts of the um, in various markets from China um, to Pakistan to South America. South and Latin America to some Eastern European country. Um, this is just like a city car. And frankly, this is just a really ugly city car. Looks like kind of like, um, it, it just seems like a toy car basically on the road. 
Um, awesome. Yeah. In, in addition to that, interior just absolutely a joke. Um, obviously, this is a car from the early night in the early two thousands, late nineties. Oh, hey, look! I'm here's gonna... one that looks good. Oh yeah, there it is. If oh, you want to make your Deu Matiz look good, roll it. Or there's a you can spit there's um, in China there's actually a three wheel version of it. Um, that's actually another another interesting caveat they actually made. Um, yes, oh, they made a three wheel. It caught on fire. And nice. someone stole the wheels. <laughs> yep. But yeah, honestly, I mean, worth more if you light it on fire because it is. God, this thing is shit. Oh, hey, look. Here it is crashing. I bet you. I die think this is one thing. of the. I think this is one of the first cars they at first cars. I think this around like the late nineties. Um, one of the very first city. Oh, actually, I don't think it's not one of the first, but it's one of the few cars that scored a really. Like I think it scored a zero, I think, or like it scored really, really bad. Let's just break. It's, it's like it that. Scored. It's like that. Uh, that Chinese knockoff Mini Cooper that I was talking about last week. Yeah, you know that thing scored. That thing scored zero in the Latin America, like zero stars in Latin America. I guess it's like end cap um, safety scoring. And below it, they below it they had a picture of a Volkswagen up, and that thing scored a five star. And like. Yeah, I'd rather have an accident in up than you know, yeah. shitty little Chinese knockoff mini. Yep, they actually made a Chinese version of this car too. Either yeah. one is from GF uh, from Chevy, and there's like another one from Lud. Yeah, I think Lud Chi. I think that's how you say it. Yeah, um, yeah, that's a Chinese version. Because Daewoo partnered with GM a while mm-hmm. back, and that's like how they got into the U.S. market for a little while, and they just completely failed. Yeah, they still have the brand today in South Korea. Yeah, but, um, but they just only sell it more like I think a spinoff version for GM model, so some particular GM models, and also they just kind of like you know for more like an entry level um, GM cars that sold that that kind of sells in like other mm-hmm. parts of the world. Yeah. So yeah, this is a second car that I um, chose. So. Um... I'm going to kind of skip a few cars real quick. I uh, I had the Pontiac Aztec, which um, is bad, which is kind of making a comeback. Um, uh, it, it got really popular when Breaking Bad came out. When Breaking Bad was popular, Walter White drove a Pontiac Aztec. Um, my grandmother actually has a Pontiac Aztec. And actually, my grandmother's looks exactly like this. Uh, hers is an 05, which was the last year for it. She had an 04 and someone crashed into her and she wanted another one. So they got this. Now, as hideous as this car is, I mean, it's 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 bad. It, it's 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 hideous. It was way ahead of its time. Um mm-hmm. it was kind of one of you could say one of the first modern crossovers. Um it was based on the minivan platform. Uh and on GM's minivan platform, and it, it had an available all-wheel drive system. I think it was called like VersaTrack or something like that. And it was an on-demand. It was a Haldex all-wheel drive system before they got really, really. It was it was before they got really, really big, and it was also kind of relatively new at the time. Like, of course, the first gen Audi TT had it, um, and some other like Volkswagen Group cars had a Haldex, but this one was um, 
kind of a little bit more advanced version of a holodex all-wheel drive. But this thing is so practical and so versatile. I mean, you can just it 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 you know, it's ugly, but it, in terms of like usability, it's amazing. I mean, the cargo space is enormous. Of course, you could get it with a tent. I'm sure they have a picture of the tent um, somewhere. Oh, oh, here we go. Like the tent. That's uh, that's pretty bad. That's pretty mm-hmm. bad. And then the interior was also, again, G- it was it was mid two thousands GM. Just bean counters were in charge, and I mean, it was so incredibly cheap. The interior and that the plastics are horrendous, but just as for objectively what it is, I it's hard to fault it. I mean, it's slow, it's ugly, um, but in terms of like to haul stuff, it's great. Um, mm-hmm. The center console you can take out and it turns into a cooler, so you can you know you can put drinks or sandwiches or whatever in there, and you can just take it out and you know go to the pool or the beach or whatever and you have drinks you know my defender has that but it's a refrigerator and you cannot take it out but yeah it's um it was it was an interesting little thing but yeah it's uh it's you can't talk about ugly cars without uh talking about the aztec absolutely yeah well i just want to um we'll go through all your call your next cars and we just kind of need to power through this sure yeah so the next car that I chose is the Lancia Ypsilon, um, which is kind of like the city car um, that Lancia made. And frankly, this what's pretty tragic is um, this is the last uh, Lancia that Lancia are making right now. This is a second gen, and um, yes, it's this bad. is the yeah. This is just a spinoff version of the Fiat Five Hundred. Um, it's pretty hideous. Obviously, I'd rather drive the Five Hundred any day. Um, and they just, I get why they want to make this car. It's just a city car, you know, just to drive around locally around cities. It's efficient, obviously, but the thing is they just do a really bad job into this car. Um, and this is now, I mean, for Lancia right now, which is kind of the, one of the most iconic brands, this is kind of the last car. And this is the only car the Lancia are making right now. Yeah. Um, Lancia has, um, Lancia has better has had better days, days yep. of the Delta Integrale, you know the O thirty seven, you know they um, yeah, and I know they had like a version, like in the past ten years they had a version of the uh, Chrysler Town and Country, and then mm-hmm. like in Italy the Chrysler three hundred was sold as a Lancia, and then they have the Ypsilon, which I actually have been in one of these when I was in Rome. It was a, like we needed a taxi to get back to the hotel, and it was one of these, and I honestly would have preferred to walk it was um it was it was it was it was pretty tragic uh but i know uh, i think launchia they just recently announced that they're coming back but the delta is coming back but it's gonna be like an electric car and just like why you know i'm not gonna get into electric cars i don't want to debate about it but like it's not gonna be the same no. it's not gonna be the same it can be it's probably gonna be really fast and really cool but it's just not gonna be the same it's not gonna be the same mm-hmm. um so uh, I'll go with um, my next one real quick. Uh, Nissan Cube. This yes. <laughs> is tragic. And it's, it's funny. It's called the Nissan Cube, but there is not a single straight edge or sharp edge on it. The car is completely round. Yeah, they actually it sell is this horrible. very well. 
this horrible deep um yeah or i guess it's a c, c pillar um on on this it's blacked out on on the driver's side but you go over on the that's 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 not that's not the right spec that's a japanese spec where is a um and then like here on this one look at that it's 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 yeah this horrible just it's bad design and it has the it has the swing swing out tailgate and it's just like this thing has a 1.8 liter four cylinder with a cvt so like it's horrible to look at and it's horrible to drive it's that god awful buzzy engine in the nissan extronic cvt which is also just complete shit it's it's just it oh god like why why would anyone want this yeah i mean like i i remember this car that came coming out like again kind of like oh uh, a few years ago and this is just i mean cute i guess but the thing is in america where you're probably going to use freeways a lot this is not a very going to be a stable car now i know in japan where you know things are a bit dense and you're going to drive around the city then all right fine and then i might just give it kind of like give it to them uh, but I mean, again, I probably don't want to buy this car, especially there's just so other, so, several other cars to have. It just looks really like, it just doesn't seem really like a car to me. Like you're, it's just kind of like a thing that you just want to like get you, do your errands or a pizza delivery right. could be. It's bad. I mean, in like before. this year, I remember you could get shag carpet on the yes. dashboard. <laughs> it was, it was just like, it was like, yeah, it's just a little shag rug it just it just goes on the dashboard it has no you know it, it has no purpose other than to have a piece of carpet on the dash it looks it's fucking it is so stupid i mean nissan's making a comeback now i mean some of the stuff that they're doing now i mean we have the new z um the new pathfinder is amazing uh one of my co-workers he just got one and it's you know, they finally that they finally ditched the cvt um the new Ultima is actually pretty good. It has the VC turbo, the variable compression turbo engine in it. Of course, it still has a CVT. But yeah, Nissan's making a comeback. They really are. Uh, the new, um, uh, oh, the, the truck, the Frontier. The Frontier. That's back. That's um, really nice. They really made a, a comeback for that one. Yeah. I mean, that thing, I think that was the oldest car sold in the US. Yeah. It came out in like 05. 05 until never... like 20, 2020 or 2021 was the last without without changing anything really i know the last year of production it got the engine from the new frontier is like a test bed before the new one went the new generation went into production but that was like the only big update they ever did to that thing mm -hmm. so um let's go to your next car sure the joe 1007 yeah this this car... would not drive this thing that's for damn sure yep this car i remember i when I was like back in like a, a very long time ago, I went to um, Paris um, and there and the Champenelis have a big Peugeot showroom. And I went inside and saw one of these. Uh, at that time, I was like, oh, look at this. This is a really cute car with the van and stuff. And believe it or not, this is the same. This is a Pini Farina, the same people who make design the Ferraris and stuff. But um, the biggest thing, obviously, you can kind of tell is just sliding doors. It's a bit weird. Um, I thought I back then I thought oh this is a pretty cool thing but now looking at it it just looks like why the hell did they do this like yeah I mean I'm not lazy to the point that I can't open a door or can't swing open the door but 
I mean, that touch is just really, really odd. Um, I never drove one of these, but I can kind of tell it's, it's not going to be very fun or no. it's not going to be very, um, very appealing to look at. Um, and as a matter of fact, uh, this is one of the brand's worst car they ever sell. Um, so eventually, I think a few years after that, they just kind of dropped it. And thankfully, they dropped it and something else replaced it. Yeah. Sure. So the Lincoln MKT is, I think, a crossover. I think a seven-seater crossover. Mm-hmm. And they based this car out of, I think, the Ford Flex. Yeah, that's about. correct. And um, you can get they, a three, I, you can get the engines, you can get a 3.7 liter naturally aspirated V6 made like 300. I think that was like 300 horsepower or like yeah. 305. And then you could get the 3.5 EcoBoost out of the F-150. The yeah, mm-hmm. the twin turbo EcoBoost. That thing was like 365 horsepower. And that thing mm-hmm. hauled ass. Because, yeah. you know, we were talking about this before we started recording. When my mom got her uh, Land Rover LR4, which ended turned into my car, the LR4 was called the LR4 here in the US, Canada, and the Middle East. Everywhere else, it was the Discovery 4. Um, my dad really wanted my mom to look at this thing. And we test drove one. And it was, we test drove it. I do remember it was the 3.5 EcoBoost. It was quick. It was seriously quick. Um, but it was, I mean, this thing, dearie me, what the hell is that? And I remember my mom drove it. She saw it. She was like, no way am I going to get that thing. And we were like, well, we're here. We'll drive it. And it was fast. It rode well. It was comfortable. The interior was cheap, but not too, too bad. And the nicest thing about it is that, is that it had heated and cooled second row captain's chairs which was unheard of in a luxury crossover at that time when it came out. It came out like 2010, like, I think. Yeah, around there, yeah. And I think they ended around 2019. The sales, I think, wasn't, it was fine. I think they primarily give it to like the TCP or airport shuttles to kind yeah. of like do the show. For, it was a fleet It was uh, a fleet vehicle at the end of its yeah. life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then basically, I think now they replaced it with the new Aviator. And hands yes. down, that is a really night and day. They, Lincoln just kind of head out, like, head out of the park with that car. Yeah, the and Aviator to- is great. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, compared to the MKT, it's amazing. However, when I sat inside an Aviator, I was a little disappointed. It just mm-hmm. didn't, fe- it didn't feel as nice as the Navigator. And I know it's not supposed to because the Navigator is obviously the higher-up SUV, but I was expecting the same level of quality and craftsmanship. And I just didn't get that at all out of the aviator. I just, mm-hmm. it, it, it just, it felt, it just felt a little cheap. Like you would mm-hmm. like everything from Ford. Whereas the navigator is a truly luxurious experience to sit in, to mm-hmm. be in, but yeah, the aviator. The driving just, seat. It just, it, it I was, it looks great on the outside, inside, it looks nice, but just when you get inside, it's just not, um, it was a little disappointing, but this, this thing is a disappointment. And yeah, this, there's a reason why they use these here in the U S for hearses. Like this is what, this is a lot of people's last ever ride in a car is, mm-hmm. is, is, is the hearse, which is, mm-hmm. uh, Yeah. Yeah, I God, when I die, I hope my last ride is not in a Lincoln. Nope. 
<laughs> yeah, that this is probably one of the ugliest curses out there. There's there's some better ones out there, that, and this is not one on that list. No, in 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 England they use Jaguar XJs as a hearse. Like, yes, please give me that. Give me a in Jaguar Germany. XJ. Yeah, in Germany they use the I think a, sp- a one-off version of like of some like a spin-off version of the E-Class, and yeah. same with Japan they use like I think a Toyota Century or a Crown with it. So I mean, yeah, those are way nicer than this. Um, so yeah, I think speaking about American cars, the new Z06 that yeah, just I love released. It. Yeah, so um, it's 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 amazing. I mean, they completely knocked it out of the park. I actually I have the press release right here. I printed it off. Oh, nice. A couple things I wanted to go over, like this thing. GM spared no expense with this, and I I know they did oh, no. the whole of the C8 platform, but. The thing that's just it's 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 amazing that they're doing this, and they have not announced pricing for this yet. Mm-hmm. But I bet you it's probably going to be in the mid eighties to low nineties base yes. before you put options on it. But yes. I want to talk about the engine because it's really cool. It's the LT six. It's a five and a half liter um, V eight. It's still a small block V eight, which is really cool. But it's got a flat plane crank. It revs all the way up to 8,600 RPM. Um, makes 670 horsepower at 8,400 RPM and 460 pound feet of torque. That's 623 Newton meters of torque. It's 6,300 RPM. And the other thing that's cool about this is it's still technically a GM small block engine. Um, it mm-hmm. still has the small blocks, you know, renowned 4.4 inch. Uh, bore spacing for my metric system friends that's 11 111.76 millimeters um it's the first uh, corvette with the uh, double cams since the uh c4zr1 that had a dual overhead cam engine in it that was actually developed by lotus the uh, original mm-hmm. i think that was the lt yeah that was the lt lt5 is what that was called and the original the c4z06 um but yeah i mean it's got forged aluminum pistons, titanium connecting rods. I mean, this thing was engineered. I mean, talk, talk about precision engineering for this engine. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, um, and it's built by hand at their performance build center in Bowling Green, Kentucky. I actually have had the chance to um, tour that factory. That was really cool. That was one of the best factory to- car factory tours I've been on. Um, but yeah, that's when the C7 was still in production. But yeah, I mean, it's, um, yeah, you want to give us your thoughts on that? Yeah, sure, definitely. Um, I remember, I think, two years ago when they unveiled the C7, oh, I'm sorry, the C8, uh, I was blown by it. Like, I thought GM did not, I thought, at first thought, I did not thought, I thought it was not a Corvette because, you know, it's not a traditional V8 in the front. But once I saw it, I was like, boy, that thing just looks amazing. And just for, I think, what is it, 60000 It starts around $60,000. Yeah. And with like the, now it's like sixty two base. Yeah, sixty two around. But when there. it came out, it was, like, it was $59,995. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I was like, say, for that deal, for that performance, I mean, yeah, that's like a really, really good money for the value. And these Corvette still has that, you know, magic of, mm-hmm. you know, great car, um, you know, obviously great performance and definitely you don't have to pay like, you know, six figures for it. Even, and now with I think this, yeah. even if you, 
like which most people that are specking out C8s are like in the high 70s, low 80s. Even at that price, it's still great. And even if you get one with every single thing on it, that where you are spending a little over six figures, it's still a bargain. It still yeah. is. Yeah, definitely. And I think probably the biggest thing I kind of, this is kind of like from my opinion, but like um, the biggest kind of pullback for the Corvette or just in generally like Corvettes in general is um, I know GM, like for example, Cadillac has like, you know, the Super Cruise. And I know this is a GM premium vehicle. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of wish they had some safety amenities. Um, I mean, it's just an option. I mean, like it's just for my preference. Like I know Cadillac has a Super Cruise. I know this is a, I know it's a driver's car, but at the end of the day, even I know some people are going to, you know, daily commute on some of these Corvettes. So I kind of wish there were some a bit more like safety technologies on top of it. The car, I know it has some, but definitely not as great as a Cadillac or kind of like, you know, the CT5 uh, Blackwing that you kind of mentioned la- on mm-hmm. the, the last podcast. Kind of really wish Corvette could have some of these safety technologies um otherwise yeah i mean that is where i completely disagree with you on that um i yeah Yeah. i know people are going to be daily driving these but the people that are paying the money for this that are going to daily drive it they don't want you know semi-autonomous driving um however i'm looking here at the you know safety and driver awareness features that um uh, is either standard or optional on specifically this one the zr1 um Standard rear park assist, so rear parking sensors. Mm-hmm. Um, rear view camera, of course. That's the that's the law. That's the law. Uh, it has front uh, front camera as well. It has a blind spot monitoring, a rear cross traffic alert. Um, heads for some reason they put heads up display. <laughs> display. But that's not really a safety feature. And the uh, rear camera mirror, which uh, mm-hmm. I do not like in GM cars. Uh, I for some reason like I. I I drove a Cadillac with that and I, I got like sick to my stomach. It just like, I did, I felt uneasy looking at that. However, when I drove um, a Range Rover Evoque with that, a loaner car I had, I did not feel that at all, but there's still no depth perception with it. And I'm now, I'm still, it's been almost a, it's been over a year since I ordered my Defender and I'm still kicking myself for not getting the um, clear sight mirror that you get on the, it's optional in JLR stuff. Cause uh, it, mm-hmm. And especially in the Defender, you have that giant tire and the rear window is kind of narrow and there's a lot of blind spots back there. That really would have helped. And yeah, I mean, originally I was going to get the SE um, with a SE trim with a six cylinder engine that came standard. So I didn't really care about it. And then when I ended up going for the S, I, I was like checking all the options I wanted. I just kind of like looked looked over that and didn't think about it. And now I'm like, yeah, I wish I would have, if I could change one thing about that car, that's what I would have done. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this car is, and actually I'll, I'll pull it up real quick. So for those that are going to be watching um, on YouTube, it's a pretty, I mean, it looks cool. You know, we're going up, you know, this is America's answer to the GT3 RS, you know, the Ferrari 488 Pista, all of that stuff. I mean, this is America's track supercar. I guess you could mm-hmm. say before it was the Viper ACR. Um, but that's deceased. That's gone. <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah, the Viper was a, that was a fun, that's a really cool car. 
Um, but yeah, I think they did a great job with this. In the interior, I've not driven a new C8 yet. I have been in one, and the quality is amazing. And this is a quality that oh, yeah. Cadillac should have had. Um, oh, yeah. And also other Way stuff. Way better than a C7. Way oh, better yeah. than, the, like... C6 was bad. C5 was really bad. Um, but... But this, this actually just feels like a really high-end, like, pretty high, just a, as good, probably, like, Cadillac good. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, it's, it's amazing. And, you know, it's got, you know, it's got all this, you know, arrow on it. It's got the front splitter, the large rear wing. Obviously this is all part of the Z07 performance pack. Um, it's got the eight speed, uh, Tremec dual clutch transmission. Um, and uh, what else do we have? Um, oh yeah. Uh, I, I can't believe I forgot um, this mag Magneride. It's got yeah, GM's yeah. Magnaride. It's their fourth generation magnetic ride control. Um, I still think GM does mag ride better than anyone. Of course, like I said in my last one, they kind of invented it. It was developed by uh, an OEM called Delphi. Um, and when Delphi developed, when they came out with Magnaride, GM actually owned Delphi. So, mm-hmm. and that's why a lot of, that's why I like debuted on GM cars. I think the first car that had it was like the O2 Cadillac like Cadillac DeVille or maybe it was like, or maybe it was the uh, S D maybe it was the DT whatever. It was an early 2000s Cadillac was the first car that got, that got Mack ride. And mm-hmm. yeah, they've been refining it ever since. And now they sold it to some Chinese companies now called like, like Beijing, like Beijing suspension, something like, I don't, I don't remember. I'm, probably wrong on that but i know they sold it to a chinese company and now they supply magride for everyone and of course it was mm-hmm. developed at the nurburgring you know that's which i'm surprised i'm sure they've done a, a hot lap at the nurburgring oh yeah um, i'm kind of surprised when I, I watched the reveal and they they were talking about oh yeah we go to the nurburgring and they had they had all this footage at the nurburgring and i was i was expecting them to say like this car lapped the nurburgring in under seven minutes and they didn't um I don't know if they're going to do a Nürburgring run or if they're ever going to reveal that, but I would be very shocked if they did it in over seven minutes. Um, oh, yeah. Because especially with the Z07 pack, which gives you um, – Z07, it gives you 734 pounds of downforce at 186 miles an hour. Now, this car that you see on the screen does have a Z07 package. It gives you a higher rear wing, uh, different chassis tuning, and it gives you different calibration for the mag ride. And you also get a Michelin Pilot Sport Cup 2 tires and Brembo carbon ceramics as well. And optional carbon fiber carbon fiber wheels on this. This looks absolutely, the wheels, I have to say, they really, it, it just really looks really nice. I have to say. Yeah. It's a great, great car. And the thing is, it's, like, it's a Corvette. You can daily drive it. Every day, yeah. you put it in. Com- yeah. You put it in the tour mode. It's soft. It's comfortable. It's com- It's very well equipped. The seats are very comfortable. I mean, you know, and um, it's got a large trunk. Even though it's mid-engine, you can still fit like two sets of golf clubs in the trunk if you have the roof on, obviously. Um, but yeah, it's something you could drive every day. And I don't know about reliability with this because last time a company did a did a flat plane crank engine in a high displacement engine that was obviously ford with the shelby gt350 the voodoo engine they had a lot of problems with that 
the flat plane crank. So in this engine being even bigger, hopefully reliability will be good. But if you're if you want a Corvette and if you want reliable, just get a standard Stingray with yeah. it, it, the six two and that thing is is bulletproof. So um, let's move on. Let's uh, get into the let's kind of wrap this up now. So we sure. are going to do uh, questions. I know you said you wanted to ask me some questions as well. Um, sure. So I'm going to um, ask so some questions that I uh, wanted to ask you. So uh, kind of one of my big ones that I ask a lot of people, a uh, car that's not sold here in the U.S. that you would like to try out. Um, yeah, cool. Yeah, one of the cars that I really would want to, I, I was able to um, drive this uh, when I was in Japan, was the Toyota Crown Majesta. Mm -hmm. uh, this is a very unknown car outside of Japan. And frankly, this is, I was really surprised about the history of this car that the Crown has been in production in Japan since the early 50s and now entered the 15th generation in 2018. Um, went to Japan and went to the go to drive um, this car and kind of like drive around like gently kind of like you know drove it around like the parking lots and stuff mm -hmm. and learned about it um really advanced really advanced car um and i was really surprised about learning the history about this car when it first came when they introduced this trim line in the early 90s that it had like already a head-up display a sat oh, nav wow. a television um parking sensors rear view camera um ventil ventilated seats um now Obviously, things are a bit, it's a bit outdated now, but keep in mind, back in the early 90s, those technologies, absolutely out of the world. And, um, and frankly, you're looking at, I mean, I was fortunate to see kind of like the original Majesta. Um, it's not the prettiest car, but I definitely would say give kudos to them for bringing the technology to the automotive world. Um, now, the new Crown Majesta kind of competes with like five series of the E-Class, um driving wise it's not as like sporty compared to those cars but that's kind of not the point of the crown it's more for like a daily daily commuter car to kind of like get around the city right. um but i mean with the i think that they share the v6 engine alongside with the es lexus or actually prior to that the gs um 350 um oh, so, so the 3.5 I mean, engine it's been around forever yeah i think it's they, a good share, they share the yeah, it's a good engine, good solid engine, mm -hmm. and it's a good engine to kind of like drive around locally. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's kind of the car I really wish. Um, I mean, selling it in the states is a bit kind of um, a question mark, but definitely it is a car that I really um, kind of hopefully um, to sell it in the states. All right. So um, actually, real quick. So uh, I know you said you wanted to uh, ask me some questions. So let's sure. do that, and then once we're done with that, I'll ask you a couple more questions, and then we'll. Uh end it there that sounds sure good with you sure so i think one of the first questions that i really want to ask is if you have unlimited amount of money what is a car that you love but that you would not buy that i would not buy oh that's 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 a tough one um car that i love that i would not buy man I think in some ways it was my previous car of the year, the Porsche Taycan. Mm -hmm. Lovely car, loved that car. I wouldn't buy one. I would buy an Audi e-tron GT RS over a Taycan Turbo, but I wouldn't buy an Audi e-tron GT 
either. Like I just wouldn't purchase that with money. Um, I guess maybe a car that I really, a car I, that I, I, unlimited money. You know, now that I'm thinking about this, it would probably be a Rolls Royce Phantom. Mm-hmm. I love it. They're super nice. I've had, I've been very fortunate enough to like sit in one. I've never driven one or I've never been driven in one, but um, it is, I mean, it's the pinnacle of luxury and it's awesome. But even if I had unlimited money, I just, I wouldn't get it. I just don't see a point of it. It's extremely expensive and it's going to yes. lose a lot of money. But then again, if you have all the money in the world, it doesn't matter. But yeah, it's just something that I just, I love it, but I couldn't see myself owning one. It's, I would rather have cars that I would enjoy driving than one that I would be driven in. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't want to, I wouldn't want to be driven in a car, mm-hmm. no matter how nice it is. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. For my answer, it's got to be the R35 GTR. Um, I really love this car back in 2008. You know, obviously the news beating out the Porsche 911 um, in the Nürburgring, the track, the performance, hands down, way better than the 911 at that time. And it's probably the most important thing. It's a really big comeback for like JDM cars. Uh, Now, I know kind of like within the last few years, you know, like GTR has kind of like started to gain and improve its engine and performance, but it's 2020. They never really updated this car. And yeah. it just feels really outdated. Well, um, I know with I mean, R35, if, I, if you don't mind me speaking here, R35, you know, that came out in 07 in Japan mm-hmm. and then 08 everywhere else. My neighbor actually got one um, when it came out, when it was brand new. It was the coolest thing. Mm-hmm. He, he didn't have it too, too long because it was his daily car. And he mm-hmm. has he has three kids. He has a son that's my oh, age, yeah. daughters. And um it, it just, it, it, it didn't work out and he ended up getting like an Audi S six or something, but yeah, that mm-hmm. it was really cool. But every single model year, they do change it up. Every model mm-hmm. year is a little different. They do suspension changes. They do, you know, engine calibration changes, transmission calibration changes. Um, even though it's all the same, they, there are yeah. there every year they do tinker with it a little bit. So it's, a, they're all a little bit different. But the, yeah, the R35 GTR is a great car. Um, mm-hmm. I know when that came out, like, you know, like you said, the engine was made in a dust free factory. You know, every engine was hand built. They all made a little bit. They no two engines were the exact same. Mm-hmm. It was uh, it was very, very impressive for, from Nissan. And when it came out, it was pretty cheap. I think it started like yeah. 70. Of course, all the yeah, so about $70,000. Yeah, yeah, around that. And now like a base one's like what, 110? Something I think like it's that. like even like and also in addition to that, even for like the local dealers around me, I mean, even getting it the, the MSRP is almost impossible because really? they just marked them up to like twenty, thirty thousand dollars for them, which I kind of find paying a hundred forty thousand dollars. I kind of feel like uh kind of I probably would start to think consider the new nine eleven. I rather consider yeah, I, that. Same here. I for a hundred forty grand, I would not get a GTR. I and I know like yeah. the Nismo is like one sixty. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, at that price point, I mean, you're pushing into 911 turbo. Yeah. Money. Um, mm-hmm. I know, like, if I bought a 911, like, if I bought a Carrera, the Carrera that I spec'd out was, like, one, it was, like, high 150s. Mm-hmm. With, like, all the performance stuff, it had aero kit. Uh, it had the Burmester sound system. It was a manual. It was not PDK. 
But at that point, it, and it's also a 911. It's going to hold its value a lot better than oh, yeah. are. And mm-hmm. it's reliability-wise, Porsches are pretty reliable. Um, is it as reliable as a GTR? I'm not sure, but I know a lot of the GTRs have been pretty good. But yeah, so um, you can go ahead. A couple cool. more questions. Um, I think this next question that I would ask, worst car ever driven? I always enjoy asking this question. Yeah, um, you know, I've been thinking about this a lot more now. When I did uh, my second uh, guest podcast with uh, Natisha Chatton, um, I said, you know, car that she didn't like was the, I don't remember what she said, but um, I said it was hard, you know, it kind of changes all the time, but at the time I didn't, we were wrapping things up. I didn't want to like spend too much time coming up with something. And what I said back then was the, uh, it was a base model Kia Sportage that I rented mm-hmm. in Miami this past July. And I said, it wasn't a bad car. It was just cheap and boring and just, just a rental car. That's like, like, that's what yeah. it was. It had the big screen. It had like an eight inch touch screen. It had, you know, Apple CarPlay, Android Auto, had like lane keeping assist. And this was like the cheapest Sportage you can get. And it, I mean, it wasn't bad it was just not for me but now i remember like the worst car i like the worst modern car that i said that i've driven on record fiat 500l oh yeah that was bad um it was just the it had a dual clutch transmission in it it was so jerky and just so unrefined it had the 1.4 turbo which that engine in a 500 abarth amazing uh way too much turbo lag but that's okay like especially in the abarth because that's mm-hmm. that's what gives it its charm it's old school it's old school and it's a fun car to drive and it sounds great with you know the with the abarth well the abarth doesn't even have a muffler on it um that's they come from the factory without a muffler but the that engine in the 500l was just horrendous it was it was buzzy it was it was the nvh levels were through the roof the interior was just cheap. It had a Beats by Dr. Dre audio system that was oh, yeah. horrible. Um, I think it's extremely ugly, and it's it was just it was just a just wretched car. It was just like and they they hardly sold any here because nobody like, wanted frankly, it. No one wanted <laughs> it. No one asked for it, and it was shit. Now the 500X, they sold more of those because that was a better car still had the same engine but it was a little bit more refined and that's based on the jeep renegade you know they're all built in italy along with the renegade and they're shipped over here that's funny because when i uh when i was in italy back in 2016 we, we were on a cruise and the cruise left out of the port of civitavecchia which is the port of for rome mm-hmm. it's like mm-hmm. 30 30 miles north of rome or something like that and we were in you know the port trying to get on the ship and my dad said well why are there all these jeeps wrapped up in plastic and i was like oh yeah this is a new renegade it's um it's built here it's they're not built in the u.s they're built in italy and he was like oh is this one of those like fiat based things and my dad knows nothing about cars i was surprised he i'm surprised he knew the words fiat and based i was kind of impressed with him so i was like yeah it's based on a fiat and it's um you know they're being you know if you see one of the you know you're going to see a lot of these back at home and whenever you see one, it came right out of this port. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, yeah. 
I guess kind of speaking about like FCA vehicles, this is again one of the worst drift, another Stellantis. one of the worst. Stellantis. It's actually the Dodge Journey, but I mean, that's kind oh, of that the car. Horrible. That's yeah, bad. because I mean, I drove this car when I was in Seattle. And if you know, Seattle rains a lot, especially kind of like mm-hmm. the Northeast of America. And this kind of like this Kia that um, kind of like th- that you rented, it was a rental car. But more specifically, this car, or I think was like a three-year-old, so had about like 25,000 miles. So, I mean, it wasn't that bad. But, boy, that car just drove really dangerously, especially in the rain. It handled really poor. Brakes were really worn out. The steering was vague. The interior just smells like socks. Um, the gear change was slow. It And probably the most, the thing that really, um, I guess you can say about this car that made it really bad, was just even the com- competitors like you know the rap for the crv i know they're not enthusiast cards but those cards are just way better than yeah. the journey it, i mean i feel like the quality i feel like the journey the journey was kind of weird it didn't it didn't yeah. compete with like the crv and the rav4 it was too big it had a third row but it was yeah. just a little bit too small to compete with stuff like the traverse in the honda pilot oh, highland. or the highlander so I guess you could say it kind of competed with like the Hyundai Santa Fe. Yeah, I would probably say so. Because the Santa but, Fe was a little smaller. It still competed with the bigger ones, but then they came out with, you know, the Telluride and the Palisade, and those are like true competitors. But no, I have driven a Journey. The one I drove, we rented one once. It was the base model four-cylinder. That thing still had a four-speed automatic. A four yeah, that speed. thing it was just a really slow car. It was junk. It was, I agree. Yeah. It, it was, that's one of, that's also... I still think the 500L was worse, but well, not by much, but I'd say it was probably yeah. a tie. I mean, now that you brought up the journey, like, yeah, that thing, that thing was just, just, just shit. It was, just, it was, they just did a horrible job on this car. Mm-hmm. And I kind of, and, and they glad, gladly, they kind of just um, pull it out of the line mm-hmm. um, because they just sold really awful in the States. And, uh, and frankly, also up across the, um, the Atlantic too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I guess the next question that I would want to ask, favorite road trip you you taken? That I've taken. See, I've never really been on a whole lot of road trips other than like when I was younger, we drove to like Florida and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. we, I have driven on the PCH, Pacific Coast Highway, from mm-hmm. like uh, San Francisco to Monterey. Mm-hmm. Um, that, was, that was a nice road, but we were in a GMC Acadia. It wasn't fun. Oh. Um, yeah, I can't really, there's, I can't really, I don't really have an answer for you on that. I've never really driven, done like a full road trip that was like truly enjoyable, that was fun. Um, mm-hmm. I'd like to do some stuff like I, you know, I'd like to do Europe. I'd like to drive, well, next year I, when I'm going to England, I'm renting a car, but I'm not going to be on like performance driving roads. Like I'll be in Cornwall, there's be some twisty stuff there, but it's, I'm renting like a, the car that I've chosen is like a Skoda Octavia or similar. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's like a Volkswagen Jetta or something. I guess it's a little bit more. I think it's in between like the size of a Passat and a Jetta. But yeah, I'd love to do, I'd love to go through Germany. I'd love to drive along yeah. like the French coast in the, um, the Italian coast, like Monaco and all that. I'd love, like, so I'd love to like do Germany, do the Nürburgring. Yeah. But that's, um, yes. that's my answer. Yeah, I could I couldn't be a hundred percent. I agree with you. Again, kind of like one of my favorite road trips. I have to give a hands down PCH. 
Mm-hmm. You know, it's just such a cultural thing, beautiful views, um, just a lot of great things um, on that road. But again, and again, one of my dream road trips is again, kind of like the south of Germany to go to Bavaria, you know, auto, obviously the Autobahn, yeah. that's one thing. But in addition to that, it's just a lot of the car stuff. That's truly like the car heaven, you know, yeah. BMWs in Munich, yep. Mercedes and Porsche, Stuttgart, Audi, English Dot. And, mm-hmm. you know, they're not far drives. They're just about like no, two hours not. away. No, and Munich is not really far is. from Ingolstadt. I actually yeah. that um I have I have been to Munich. I've been to BMW. I've been to the BMW Museum, the and also the BMW Welt. Um, that was really cool. And actually, I we did take a like a tour on the Romantic Road, um, in mm-hmm. Germany. That's a, that's a famous like kind of like road trip road. We did it, and we had a tour guide, and he was taking us around in his Mercedes. It was like it was like a loaded out Mercedes Metris. Oh, van. nice. Um, but yeah, that was, that was cool. Like that would be fun in something like a, like a Porsche 718 or, or a 911 or something, something I've always like would have liked to do. And a lot of the car makers have stopped doing it. And they, they even stopped it before COVID was, a like the European delivery. Oh yeah. I know Audi stopped it a while ago. Um, but BMW, like you can take delivery at BMW Velt if your car yes, was made you can do like that. there. And like, you can't do that with an X5 because they're all built in South Carolina mm-hmm. or an X3 or whatever, but, and you can uh, drive your car around all around Europe. You get like a certain amount of insurance for a few days. And then if you want to drive longer, you can add insurance and then you can drop it off. It There's locations all over Europe where you can drop it off and then they will be shipped back to you back to the U S. But the thing is, if you do that, you can get like up to like 10% off of your MSRP yes purchasing price by doing that but the the thing is it takes a lot longer to get your car back to the u.s so like where is it if you order a car it's built let's say like i know for let's go with um like my dad's audi this q7 he ordered that in may of 2017 and it showed up the first week of august 2017 so of course it's for ages it sat in a computer just waiting to be built and then the spec sat in a computer and then, you know, they built the car and then they shipped the car out and then it arrived. You know, it, I'm sure by the time, I think by the time it was built by the, to the time it arrived in the U.S., it was like a month and a half. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you, the car was built a month and a half later, it arrives at the dealer. Whereas that's obviously a different story these days with COVID and the whole, you know, the whole issues with like getting stuff shipped. We won't get into that, but. The thing is, like, if you get if you do the European thing, it could take like up to three to four months to get your car back. Yeah, which is just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But you do save some money, and it does go to eventually arrives at your dealer. But yeah, that's just another thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I guess kind of like there are some questions you also want would like yeah. to ask. So um, uh, this is gonna be the last question, and it's the question I ask everyone. So I'm sure this year you've driven a lot of cars driven cars that you liked, cars that you don't like, what has been, um, you know, what, what is your car of the year? Car of the year is probably might be, I was going to say the BMW M3 G80, Mm -hmm. but within recently, I think a few weeks ago, I was able to kind of sit inside the Porsche Taycan and -hmm. probably I might give it to that one. Okay. Like technically, I know, I know technically they made it last year, but I'd probably, 
based on the cars that I drove, probably this might be it. And probably the biggest thing is, first of all, I know a Tesla Model S is the new EV, uh, is the king of the EV, especially in California. But oh, everywhere. The take on, oh yeah, and everywhere. But take on, I know the ranges isn't up to standard with the Tesla, but I definitely would say quality, hands down, the Porsche wins. Oh, of um, course. Should, yeah, a million years. By, Tesla, by Tesla quality all, shit. It's it's just, oh, yeah. it's just shit. You can't you can't deny the quality of Tesla is absolute just dog shit. Now, you know you know I hate those cars. Yeah, you know I mm-hmm. hate them and I like to hate on them, but it, it, the quality you you can't argue with that. And of course, like oh, I said, yeah. I, I hate Tesla. Yes, their battery technology is better than anyone right now. I fully admit that they their battery technology is insanely good. Mm-hmm. Um. This past week, I have had, I was very fortunate. I had the chance to drive the new Model S Plaid. Um, I'm going to be talking about that in a future episode, so not today. Okay. But a lot of the quality complaints I had with the last Model S I drove, which was a few years ago, have been remedied with the new one, but it's still not a quality product. Yeah. And also, I will say the speed of that thing is dangerous. It is dangerously yeah. fast. And the other thing is, it's not, it's expensive. It's like $130,000. Yeah. But it's not like out of reach for a lot of people. And of course, a lot of people that buy Teslas aren't the brightest. Yeah. I see a lot yeah. of accidents happening with that car. I mean, and mm-hmm. I'll say, I'll say this I drove that thing, I, I got on an on ramp onto the highway, I put my foot to the floor. I had my foot down for probably six seconds. I looked down. I was doing 137 miles an hour. Ooh. That's how fast, that's how fast yeah. it was. It was ridiculous. In the yoke. Yeah. Fucking stupid. Just throw yeah. it away. And, put, give me a normal steering wheel. Yeah. And that's kind of the thing that I really make probably deport. It just basically, I know it's not as, accelerates as fast as you know the Tesla and I get that but mm-hmm. as just an overall car like you know putting it around the corners oh yeah the Taycan and probably better. the sister car that yeah hands I've driven down. one I've and you know like I said you've listened to my all of my podcast episodes for me the, the Taycan was my car of the year uh this year I drove a turbo I was shocked by how good it was um it it it, it first and foremost was a Porsche that just happened to be electric it yeah, and they amazing. did a decent job. Yeah, it, it, it drives like a Porsche. It feels like a Porsche. The steering was a little bit strange. I didn't like the steering. And then I drove the RS e-tron GT. The steering was a lot better. Um, but no, the type, I, that's a solid choice. It really is. And I think it's kind of funny because for a while, that was my car of the year. Then um, Natisha Chatton, she mm-hmm. said the uh, e-tron GT. I don't think she drove the RS version but she drove she drove the e-tron gt mm-hmm. and that was like her car of the year and now you're saying tycon as well so it's kind of funny that we've had well obviously me on all of them but we've had two guests say basically the same thing because they're it's the same yeah. platform it's underneath mm-hmm. it's the same car and of course me it was i mean it, that's kind of saying something that it's a great car but since I drove the Cadillac CT4 and CT5V Blackwings, my car of the year is the CT5. Nice. Even though, even though I preferred the handling of, of the CT4 just a little bit better, the V8 and the CT5 and the six-speed just did it for me. 
even in i mean mm-hmm. I, I i'm sure if the ct4 i drove was a six speed it might it might be just as good but you can't beat a v8 yeah i i 100 i mean i think this might be the final mid-size sedan actually mid-size the performance sedan with a traditional raw v8 oh uh, we would ever 100 or, or a manual 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 too um it's, it's gonna the, go ahead oh yeah i was just gonna say definitely and the other thing probably i would say is cadillac really stepped up their game on especially the interior like ever since they have. the beginning of ct sv the first ct sv interior was just an absolute like joke uh oh, looking yeah. back at it but now, second gen I mean, was better still not great third gen yeah. was better not great third gen had q which was horrible um and now ct4 or ct5 is replacing for the cts it's still not as good as the germans i mean it, there's yeah. there's some areas with some cheap plastics but it's 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 in areas that where it's okay to have cheap plastics yeah. but still just the quality of leather the quality of of the metals and stuff isn't is good but it's mm-hmm. it's 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 really close and i would rather have that car over any of them I would rather have it over an E63, even though the E63's interior is nicer. The RS7 mm-hmm. has a much nicer interior than the Cadillac. Um, the uh, M5, great car, but I've driven one and I just it just didn't sit right with me. That was just a luxury car with a nuclear bomb under the hood. It, it handled well, but not great. It didn't feel like a BMW. It didn't feel like an M car, mm-hmm. but this the ct5 felt more like an m5 than the current m5 yeah yeah that's kind of what i heard actually like i know a friend of mine um is a big cadillac performance guy and he said this might be probably cadillac probably the one first of all it's the best cadillac performance they ever made hands down right now um but also second it's just they really kind of like just really stepped up their game now. Mm-hmm. And not not just, I'm not saying only the CTS cars or the V cars, but just even the new Escalade. Uh, oh, Escalade is lovely. Kind of, yeah. I know, what is it? The seven seater or I, the seven seater? I forgot what the CT the, or the XT6. Yeah. X, that yeah, one's, I think, uh, that's okay. It's okay. That's I didn't fine, think it was but, great, but it was, it was, it was acceptable. Um, but obviously the best one, see the old CT6 was really good yes obviously the new escalade and then the all of their other current stuff the ct4 and ct5 um this xt6 xt5 and xt4 interiors are all about the same if you get a higher end ct5 or xt6 they're a little nicer but other than that they're all about the same which the quality is 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 good not great Mm -hmm. yeah but they really stepped up their game. And that's probably the thing that I really love or just love about them, uh, especially within the last few years. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. All so, right. So um, I think we're, we're going to wrap it up here. So, Brian, sure. why don't you, uh, again, just kind of give everyone uh, where to find you, uh, sure. your YouTube, social medias and all that. Sure. So um, my YouTube channel is Room Room Brian. Um, and also that's also my Instagram name um, with the underscore Room Room underscore Brian. And that's my Instagram and Facebook name. Um, yeah. And that's kind of the thing of kind of starting to bring back the YouTube channels concept now. 
um, also kind of expanding out now to do some car spotting on my Instagram and just kind of like uh, on just some of my blog that's coming up soon. So be sure to have a look out for that. Yeah. Well, Brian, thank you so much uh, for coming on the show. It was, it was fun. Uh, and we'll have you on again soon. All right. Awesome. Thank you so much, Alex. You're very Great welcome. Podcast. You're very welcome.